Chapter 20 Visser 3 in person is worse than Visser 3 as a hologram. There's nothing horrible about him. Not when he's in his normal Andalite body, at least. Andalites are strange-looking, that's for sure. But they aren't frightening. But I had met a real Andalite. You could feel the difference between a real Andalite and the evil beast that was Visser 3. It was like he glowed with some dark light, a light that cast a shadow over your mind. Visser Three. Even Chapman feared him. Around the Visser, two hork guards deployed. Each was holding a dracon beam. Not that hork ever looked like they needed weapons. They were weapons. Marco had called them walking salad shooters. They were living razor blades. Wickedly curved blades raked forward from their foreheads. More blades were at their elbows and wrists. Their feet were like Tobias's talons, only much bigger, like tyrannosaur feet. They were seven feet tall, maybe a little more, with a spiked tail. The Andalite had told us that the hork were a good people, enslaved by the Yerks, just the same way the Yerks wanted to enslave humans. But it was hard to look at a hork and think they had ever been anything but killing machines. Behind the hork came four taxons. Imagine a centipede. Now imagine a centipede twice the length of a man and just as big around. Imagine that the centipede holds the upper third of its body erect. Imagine pointed legs like steel pins below and smaller legs with little claws as you get closer to the head. Not that it has a real head. There are four separate globs that look like chopped up red jello that are the taxon's eyes. And at the very top, a mouth. The mouth is perfectly round and lined with row after row of small needle teeth. The Andalite told us that the Taxons are all voluntary hosts. They are allies of the Yerks. And yet, as horrible as the hork and the Taxons were, it was Visser Three who made your skin crawl. Without the hologram communicator, the Visser communicated in the usual Andalite fashion. He thought spoke, much like we all did when we were in Morph. That is the Andalite bandit? He asked Chapman. Yes, Visser. Visser Three advanced toward me, almost mincing on his delicate Andalite legs, looking like a cross between a deer, a human, and a scorpion. He aimed his main eyes at me. His stalk eyes scanned the area, always watchful. He brought his face close to the cage. I was staring right into his face. I could see the nose slits open and close as he breathed. I could see the large, almond-shaped eyes narrow as he peered inside to get a better look at me. He was only inches away. I should have tried to reach through the bars and at least bloody him a little. But the fear was all over me. I was sick with terror. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I couldn't stand his eyes watching me. I turned away, afraid to look. Not so brave now, my Andalite friend. Visser Three asked. It was the first time any of us had ever been spoken to directly by the Visser. His voice was in my head, threatening and cruel and foul beyond description. It was a voice full of power and hate. When he called me an Andalite, I almost burst out. No, no, Visser, not an Andalite. A human, a human. It was like I could feel the terrible force of his will battering me. In an instant, I knew... I would never survive his questioning. 
I would tell him everything. His power was a million times greater than mine. His will was a vast, huge, irresistible thing. And what was I? Just some foolish little girl. A foolish, lost girl. Lost. And yet, even as I felt my own mind wither before the black terror of Visser Three, another mind came forward. I was not alone. There was another in my head with me. Someone whose species memory had no images of Visser Three. Fluffer. Fluffer's mind contained fears, but they were different from my fears. Fluffer feared big predator birds. Fluffer feared loud, aggressive dogs. Fluffer feared dominant male cats. But Fluffer was not at all impressed by Visser Three. On the edge of absolute panic, I let the cat in my mind take over. I sank back, hiding behind the calm cat brain. Visser Three took the cage from Chapman. He lifted it up so he could see inside better. And what did I do? What did Fluffer do? He stuck his little pink nose up against the bars and sniffed the air. Fluffer wanted to find out what this creature was, and that meant getting a good smell of him. This is similar to the orange and black creature that invaded the pool, Visser Three said. It took me a second to track on this. Then I realized he meant Jake. Jake had been in his tiger morph when we battled in the yerk pool. Yes, Visser, Chapman said. They are a family of animals, felines. These are the smallest. I see you damaged my servant, Innis-226, Andalite, Visser Three said to me. No one ever accused you Andalites of lacking courage. You are a race of fools, but brave. What was I supposed to say? Thank you? Why not answer me, Andalite? I know you hear my words. This charade is pointless. I know what you are. I said nothing. I tried to think nothing. I was afraid that if I said anything, he would instantly know I was not an Andalite. And if he realized I was human, the others would never be safe. I had to stay in this body. I had to die in this body and take my secret with me. Visser Three put my cage back down. Now, where is the girl? I have promised her to Ennis 455. Ennis 455 is a spawn mate of yours, I believe. We will do the infestation aboard the mothership, and I will have the girl returned tomorrow. Where is she? Visser, I... Chapman said. The mask of politeness dropped from Visser Three in a microsecond. Even my cat eyes could barely follow his movements, they were so swift. Visser Three grabbed Chapman around the neck. His andalite tail arched forward. The dagger point of the tail was in Chapman's face. Do you defy me? It was like a hiss. The hiss of a snake. No, Visser. Chapman was shaking like a leaf. I would never defy you. It's only the host. Chapman. He and the woman rebelled. Aren't you able to control your host? Visser Three sneered. Do you think the Andalite mind that still lives in this body never resists? Do you imagine that your human host is more powerful than my own Andalite host? This wasn't going very well for Chapman. Either the real human Chapman or the human controller that called itself Chapman. This, sir, I I only report the facts to you. M my host is under control, but I'm constantly in contact with humans. I occupy a responsible position in their society. I cannot have my host's body causing me to twitch and shake. Humans see such things as 
signs of mental illness. I could lose my position, and I would no longer be of any use to you. You're barely of use to me now, Visser Three sneered. Visser, my host begs leave to address you directly, Chapman said. Visser Three hesitated. I saw his stock eyes scan around, checking for any signs of threat. Instinctively, I looked around, too. I had no way of knowing how well Visser Three's borrowed Andalite eyes could see in the dark. But for me, the darkness was no barrier. I looked. I didn't even know what I was looking for. But all I saw were the hork and the Taxons, the Yorkships, silent and dark, and the buildings and forlorn construction equipment of the site. Then I caught a glimpse of movement. It was in the woods that bordered the construction site. A swift side-to-side movement, just the sort of thing my cat eyes noticed best. But when I stared closer, I saw no further movement. Probably just another hork patrolling. I will allow the hosts to address me. Visser Three said. I craned my head up as well as I could to watch. For a moment, nothing changed. Then suddenly, Chapman sagged. It was like he was a marionette and someone had cut his strings. He collapsed straight down. His legs just twisted up under him. He tried to stand up, but it was as if he didn't know how to make his legs work. They would jerk and suddenly kick out, but he could not stand. Finally, he gave up. For sure, he mumbled. For sure, free. Sir, I. Sorry. Visser. Visser. Visser three. The real human Chapman had been out of control of his own body for so long, he no longer remembered how to move or speak. Visser three, he said again. His voice was slurry and strange. Speak, you fool! Visser three snapped. Do you think I can stay here forever? Visser Three, you... we had a deal. You know I never wanted to join you. My wife did. But I said no. But... but then my wife... no longer my wife by then, of course. Suddenly he began to cry. I could see his tears very clearly. My wife, who was no longer my wife... my wife, who was one of your creatures... threatened threatened to give you my daughter. Chapman managed to raise one clumsy hand to his eyes. I forgive her. She was weak. And you feed on weakness. Yes, yes, get to the point, Visser Three said. A hork moved closer. He muttered something to the Visser, then moved away. I couldn't hear or understand what the hork had said, but it looked as if he was reminding Visser Three that they shouldn't hang around too long. The point is, Chapman said, that I agreed to be made into a host. I agreed to... to... He looked like he was about to throw up. I agreed to surrender my freedom. To become a controller. To accept this filthy thing in my head. To accept your control. I agreed, but only if you would spare my daughter. It felt like my heart had stopped beating. Chapman had become a controller to save Melissa? He had given more than his life to save his daughter? The situation has changed, Visser Three said. The Chapman person is an important part of our work. We cannot have him endangered by some uncontrollable human. The girl, Melissa, is no threat. 
Chapman struggled to lift himself up once again with clumsy legs and awkward arms. He rose to his knees. Then, slowly, slowly, he stood up. He was wobbling and swaying, but he was standing. The girl is no threat, he repeated in a stronger, more confident voice. But I am. Um, 